Recording in progress. Yes. Welcome to Popcorn Lore, where we explore <laughs> movies, lore, stories, and every random other thing in between. So we have uh, a good show here. We got Aaron, we got Tony, and we got myself, TJ. We're going to talk about movies, and uh, this episode is going to be about Natural Born Killers, directed by Oliver Stone, but story, right? That's the correct term, Tony, not written by, not screenplay, just story, right? That's right, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't want any legal proceedings. <laughs> story by Quentin Tarantino. And I think you're going to talk about uh, why it's specifically story. That's right. All right. Is it really worth it? Was what worth was massacring all those people worth being separated from your love for the rest of your life. You mean, was an instant of my purity worth a lifetime of your lies, Wayne? Please explain to me, where's the purity that you couldn't live without in the 52 people who are no longer on this planet because they met you and Mallory? What's that f***ing pure about that? How do you do it? You'll never understand, Wayne. You and me, we're not even the same species. I used to be you, then I evolved. Okay, so uh, just before we start, I figured, uh, you know, let's give a background context about uh, the movie in question, so Natural Born Killers. Um, so it was, it came out in 1994. Yeah. So I figured, you know, like, let's look at uh, movies in 1994. So you had classics such as Street Fighter, The Next <laughs> Kid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, but no, it's, on a serious note, though, uh, 1994, probably one of the best film, um, sorry, best films, best years in for films. So you had Shawshank Redemption. You had oh, Interview it's this the Vampire, year. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. You had Legends of the Fall. You had um, Forrest Le- Gump. Leon. Winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Actually. that's right. So very crazy year for for movies. I think you also had True Lies. If I if I don't, uh, how old are you guys in '94? Six. six years old. Yeah, me and TJ were both six. I was six years old. How old were you, Tony? Like twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. What were you doing at fifteen? Well, I'd rather not get into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why he was watching we're, Natural Born you're Killers? You're anything as bad obviously. as these two main characters in this in this in this. No. Oh, great segue! Great segue. <laughs> also, uh, the last movie to mention was uh, Leon, which yeah. is yeah, uh, or the Professional, as it's known. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, in English. So yeah, so um, Tony actually read a book, I believe, on Natural Born Killers. I believe it's your favorite film, actually. Right? Is that correct? I don't know if it's my favorite. I saw it a lot of times. Okay. Uh, maybe Reservoir of Our Dogs is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like a lot of movies, but uh, Tarantino is usually amongst my favorite favorite movies. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the book that you read, um, it talks about the story about uh, natural born critters. What is the name of the book? Actually, I read. Uh, I a part of one book on and a second book. I have a Tarantino book, like talks specifically about Tarantino. And there was a section on natural born killers that was like, uh, I don't know, 50, 60 page, pages. Oh, wow. I read that. And the one of the producers of the movie wrote 
a book about the making of the movie and everything they went through. Uh, it was Jane Hampshire. She was one of the producers. And uh, the book was called Killer Instinct. So that's the book that you read? Yeah. Okay, Killer Instinct. And then and Tarantino segment. Okay, very cool. So what's the... Um, I'll tell you the, the, lowdown, the little yeah. story as quickly as I can, because there's a lot. Uh, basically, back in 1989, uh, Tarantino and... Uh, what's his partner's name? I can't believe I forgot it. <laughs> it's okay. Basically, it's two people that worked in uh, video archives. Okay. The video, the movie store. They were had dreams of being um, filmmakers. Tarantino also had a dream of being um, an actor. That's another story. And um, they wrote a book, a script, a series of scripts called Open Road. And basically... Tarantino wrote two scripts from that open road book, True Romance and Natural Born Killers. And basically for the next couple of years, he was trying to get those scripts out, get them made. I see. Sell them out. And he was, they were struggling a lot. They were in the back of the pile. They were getting rejected. It was taking years for them to get picked up. True Romance got picked up first. And it obviously became a movie from uh, Tony Scott. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really popular. And basically, Tarantino was really happy with that movie because it followed his script a lot. Mm -hmm. Basically, if he did it, it wouldn't have been that much different than Tony Scott. So he was really happy about that. But Natural Born Killers is another story. Um, It's... There's uh, one of the producers, uh, Don Murphy. He went. He was looking for films to produce, and uh, so this is Hollywood, right? There, there's kind of like a billion screenwriters that are throwing the scripts around and yeah. trying to make it. Uh, basically, but basically, Don Murphy teamed up with Jane Hampshire to make a produ- production company, but it was very small. It was just those those two producers. Okay. Don Murphy went to visit Tarantino and um in video archives and his partner and uh he was also a geek into comic books into movies and he's just interested in that so he got a copy of it and he was trying to sell it but what happened was as he was trying to get it produced uh tarantino started having some success he made reservoir dogs uh and it was being successful and he was in the process of making pulp fiction mm. And basically, um, Natural Born Killer was going to be his first movie. But the thing is, he already made... Tarantino's first movie. Tarantino's first movie. Okay. But the thing is, he already made Reservoir Dogs, and he was on the road to make an even bigger movie, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Now, the thing is, he wasn't interested anymore in Natural Born Killers. It was his weaker script. He didn't really want to make it done anymore. And he felt that he wanted to move on. He didn't, he wanted to move on from, but the thing is he already signed a contract for the, with the producers and they wanted to, to keep, continue, to continue it. Yeah. So what happened was basically this is not going to make Tarantino look good, but <laughs> he sabotage it. Okay. Basically wow. $10,000 for this, for the script. 
and that's all they could afford. And then he made a he made a clause or something, or he added a clause where they had to pay an extra one ten thousand dollars. And ten thousand dollars in in ninety one is a lot of money, for sure. <laughs> U.S. dollars. So basically, it's a lot of money right now. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So basically, to have a two year option on the script or something like that, he had to pay an extra ten thousand dollars, and it it crippled them. They were really unhappy with that, and he was he was trying to screw them over. And when they confronted him and they said, "Why are you doing this? Why are you making it so hard?" He told them indirectly, well, directly, he told them. I don't want this movie to get made. Right. <laughs> so they struggled a lot to raise that extra $10,000 and they were so stressed and Jane incomes all of her stone. Yeah. I'm almost there. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah. Um, throughout this this part and throughout the making a movie and the release Tarantino was really against it um even now he he's against the movie he put he's publicly doesn't like it oh well he that's what he says uh, uh for reasons I'll discuss this discuss later but basically um they still had the rights to do it and they still tried to make make it happen and then uh, they were pitched to a couple of couple of people some people were interested in and finally oliver stone picked it up he saw the script and, and he, he was wanted... just uh fresh off of um he was fresh platoon, off for jfk, JFK maybe yeah, yeah exactly yeah JFK. Platoon in 86 and then uh JFK and he thought it would one he thought it would be interested in it and he decided to pick it up but he knew he was a big shot compared to the writer and the producers yeah, and everything exactly. so him picking it up basically he had to do it wherever however he wanted to do it. he and was he, the boss okay and he didn't communicate uh with quentin at all well he he knew that he was aware of quentin and quentin mm -hmm. was where oliver stone um when it was released uh quentin tarantino he looked at it and i don't even some people say that he didn't even get past the first part in the diner scene uh he really liked it because it was very close to his script very close to what he would do but after that the next scene was uh the isle of mallory <laughs> the molestation scene yeah yeah, yeah yeah all right he saw that, the moment he saw that he he uh, oh. instantly was against the movie. It's not okay, that he, so was, he didn't write that. No, okay, no. There's, that was there's some parts. There's a couple of parts in the movie that he didn't write. Okay. That one was one was was one of them. Okay. And there's a couple. He released the script of the, his original script. He released it a couple of years later. I read that too, and that script had the, the movie had a lot of stuff from the script that wasn't in the movie, and the movie had stuff that wasn't in the script yeah vice versa yeah. so he was a public against it and uh the reason why was he didn't want to be associated with the movie because people think this is a tarantino and because tarantino cares a lot about his legacy like we all know that for sure yeah like, even back then 
it's very important for him, especially at the beginning, to be very clear how he does his movies and everything. And that movie went wasn't like his that he would do. That's why he supported True Romance. He didn't say anything bad about that. But this one, he was 100% against, and he didn't want even his name to be associated with it. So they made a deal where instead of writing written by Tarantino, story by Tarantino, because a lot of the script was rewritten. Yeah. Right? And uh, they gave him like 350K or whatever, and that was the deal. I see. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, there's more to it, but we'll get into that more. That's the, that's how it was made. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so what was, um, when was the first time that you saw that? That's a good, that's a good question. The thing is, it was very interesting because you guys, when you think of Woody Harrelson, yeah, you think of natural born killers, right? I think of Zombieland. No, I'm kidding. Or Zombieland, whatever. Because I was born a little earlier. Yeah, a little bit earlier. (laughs) You're 22. (laughs) We covered this already. (laughs) <laughs> I knew Woody Harrelson from Cheers, right? Before Natural Born Killers, he only Cheers. Did, he only did comedy. Okay. He was a, he was just the funny guy from Cheers, you know, slow witted, like funny, right? Wishy washy kind of kind of guy. And then when I saw the ad for, I didn't see it in the theaters. I was too young. I rented the tape when it came out. On VHS. On VHS. For all you youngsters. <laughs> uh-huh. But when I, when I saw him in the clips depicting an obviously violent movie, I was shocked. I was like, Woody Harrelson in a violent R-rated movie? And same thing with Roger Diener, Roger Diener when I saw the video. Right, right. That's how I felt. And... You can't have that feeling unless you were there at the time and only knew him from Cheers. So, uh, yeah. And I think that's how Oliver Stone chose those two people. Why he wanted to have him? that effect right. of comedians doing dramatic roles. Okay. In this case, very over the top, explicit, yeah, yeah, yeah. dramatic, extreme role. <laughs> 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 and I think Aaron, you recently saw the film, right? Before yeah. we this uh, podcast, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. much yeah, for you from what you were describing. Re podcast. Yeah, so it was it was definitely interesting. Like, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect with the movie at all. I didn't do any research on the movie prior to watching it. I uh, I just went in like kind of blind. Um, I knew that it was a Tarantino movie, but I didn't know like to what extent I didn't know the history of it. Like I didn't know that he had all that history with sort of writing the story. And then obviously I knew like the Oliver Stone aspect of it, but it really wasn't what I was expecting. Like it has obviously like a Tarantino, it's got a lot of Tarantino esque vibe. Yeah. Vibe and twist to it. There's like tons of stuff the the way, the way the characters are and, and the story in general is very Tarantino, but at the same time, it also has lots of like Oliver Stone vibes too, in the sense that they tried to make it seem like they tried to make it talk about things in the form of, uh, having a lot of like, um, hidden meaning and symbolism. And like, uh, I know Oliver Stone has a tendency to like talk about, uh, things related to like 
issues within society or like issues within like especially like say american politics for example or things that affect like uh like society so i if i yeah go ahead i think that's why he was interested in it because <laughs> the main theme of the movie is uh how uh, mass murders are depicted by the media and during yeah. that time people like uh was it richard ramirez someone ramirez uh, the the mass murderer charlie manson and yeah. media of that um woody simpson was getting at. Yeah, yeah at that time these uh criminals were getting were like superstars yeah that's true and that's how uh, i'm not sure if this is the case today but back then Charlie Manson, Richard Ramirez, uh, O.J. Simpson were were like people were watching stars, like rock stars. They were getting more yeah. viewers and ratings than yeah. actual stars, right? Right. So I think that's one of the one one of the main themes that Oliver Stone was interested in. Yeah, because I know um, I don't I don't remember how uh, Charles Manson looked. I don't think he I don't think he was particularly handsome, but there's been lots of stuff like both in like some of the the obviously killers that came later but i'm pretty sure richard ramirez was a pretty good looking guy yeah he so, was yeah so then uh there's parts in the movie where they talk about that stuff i mean yeah. or at least they allude to it too about like you know when they're like holding up the picket signs and they're saying like how uh you know killing is bad or whatever but they're totally yeah. sexy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So that stuff was, that well, was they, definitely uh, interesting. Like that's very it. Oliver Stone. Yeah. 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 Uh, but just to go back to what you were saying, you felt there was Tarantino elements and Oliver Stone elements. Yeah. I would say the dialogue uh, is more, is where you find more Tarantino as well yeah. as the first scene, the diner scene. Yeah, right. Um, someone, some writer described it as it has almost the whole Tarantino script. So the di the dialogue is almost all there, but the way Oliver Stone twisted it around is kind of like you have a puzzle, and the script is all the pieces individually, and you just jam them all together in all weird directions and just stuff them all together. And the final puzzle doesn't look anything like the picture, but all the pieces are there. That's how someone described it. <laughs> huh. That, that makes a lot of sense because if you think about the way he essentially is like presenting the cinematography to you and stuff like that, that's essentially what is going to shape, like that's going to shape your depiction of the movie. Right. So the script obviously is very, very like crucial element, but at the same time, like, so my favorite scene in the movie actually is the is the part that you were talking about where he's where they're like comparing it, I guess, like comparing like the killers in society, and it goes through the like it's like where it's like changing the channels and it's showing like all the different killers and stuff like that. That was my yeah. that was the part of the the movie that I enjoyed the most because that that was a very like that was a very like real. Um, part of the movie like parts of the movie obviously were very like fantastical <laughs> like I think there's the, like anime and like cartoons and stuff yeah. in the movie at points yeah. so so but that stuff with when the when the news cameras are like uh, where, where it's doing like um 
like recordings of the actual people and it's like going through the channels and stuff like that. That was actually yeah. a really cool part of the movie. And yeah. uh, I, I, that was like very, uh, it was very like relevant, I think, to the times. I think if you want to find the part of the movie that's the most Tarantino-like, it's probably um, uh, when in the interview, Wayne Gale, the reporter, or Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Doing um, Woody Harrelson, Mickey, and they're having that dialogue. Uh, that's pure. That's pure Tarantino. Uh, right. So we're talking. He's talking about like angels movie, and stuff like that. that. Would be the same. Yeah. 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 It's like uh, it reminds me of that scene. He has it in a lot of his movies, but it's like the scene in Kill Bill when Uma Thurman is yeah. is talking, <laughs> like when uh, uh, I forget what her name is in in Kill Bill, but uh, when Not she's me. what's that? Beatrix Kiddo. Beatrix, right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. explain, they 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 say her, her name or whatever there towards the end. So yeah, when Beatrix is talking to. Uh, to uh, Bill and they're talking about like Superman. Remember at the end, and uh, yeah. he's like in her house or whatever. There ha- and he has like all of these like he always has these like existential, existential conversations. That that was very much the same thing. And it's like you said, that's very very Tarantino script script writing. Yeah, yeah. that part was from the script of uh, Tarantino script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So you want to just, um, I know we talked briefly about Woody Harrelson, but um, what did you think about the performances like in the movie, for example, like uh, Julia Lewis? She, uh, she yeah, was, she, she uh, was amazing. Uh, I, I, thought you, I mean, at yeah. the time she was, what, 18, 17? Yeah, very young. So I think for her age, uh, she did well. Like for a, yeah. a, novice, uh, a new actress. Yeah, I can't imagine she had a lot of acting uh, experience under her belt either, right? I think she, the only thing she did was something like uh, Cape Fear, I think one of the scary movies. I think she was uh, a child actor uh, in that movie and maybe another one. Yeah, Scorsese. And Woody Harrelson, I mean, uh, along with White Man Can't Jump, which came out, it must have been around the same time. It was all, it was only like Cheers or a couple of other comedies. Oh, but you know what's interesting? (laughs) One of the reasons Oliver Stone chose Woody Harrelson uh, was not only because he was a comedian or whatever. It was because his dad uh, killed two people and went to jail for it. No way. Wow. And his dad was like a violent, out of control person who killed people. Oh, wow. And he thought that Woody Harrelson having that background in real life would suit the character well because the character, yeah, his, comes his dad, his dad right. was a bad person. Yeah, ended up dying, and sort of sculpted his life that way, uh, part of it that way. Okay, interesting. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And they obviously made a direct like. Um like a direct tie to that in the movie in the scene in the scene when um it's 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 during the time when they're having the interview and then the dad goes out into the field and he's asking him if he believes in fate and all that stuff i don't know i don't know how recently you guys watched the movie but um but but tj you didn't tell us uh what what did you think yeah 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 well the movie it's funny because actually i'm a huge fan of quentin tarantino but I also really enjoy Oliver Stone too, especially like uh, when he talks about politics and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. 
but I didn't, I felt it was really weird because I felt, I didn't feel like it was all of stone film as strange as that is, because like, if I watch platoon, I can tell it's all of a storm. If I watch, uh, JFK, uh, JFK, I know it's uh, all of a storm, you know, even at any given Sunday or a film like that, I can tell it's all of a storm, but well, this I don't because... know. I mean, um, because Oliver Stone had a different direction for this movie. He kind of wanted it to be like, uh, the way he directed it was kind of like a 1960s LSD film. Right? Okay. Yeah. And basically it is like a 1960s right. LSD film with a lot of visual effects, a lot of like, uh, changing the color of the background. Uh, yeah. everything, at one point, everything's green. At one point, everything's red. Yeah, that's right. Everywhere. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he says he had to have a Native American scene. Like that wasn't in Tarantino's script at all. He just wanted to have that. <laughs> and he and um, it was a, mo- a lot a more a more uh, visual arts film where the, yeah. where a lot of visual uh, references, like them pasting demon faces on the person, yeah. and all these kind of things. that you, it would have never happened if. Tarantino directly. No. Like, as I mentioned, like, I didn't feel like, because it's coming from a, a Tarantino story or yeah, a screenplay, yeah. it, it, it didn't have that, like, immediate Oliver Stone effect to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but scenes like what you're, like, what, like that scene when there's, like, uh, on, the t- on the TV and they're kind of like stars and they, there's kind of like that meaning because I did pick up that message of, like, you know, uh, killers being portrayed as like rock stars and stuff like that. Yeah. That element through that lens, I could tell that it was like Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. But because the script is a Tarantino-based uh, script, yeah. it's harder to get that effect. You know, what it's I mean? true. At first, at first, for me, anyways, personally, when I want when I watched the movie, what did you guys yeah. think of Robert Downey Jr.? I think he did. I think he did an excellent job. Yeah. 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 In fact, I didn't even know he was in the film. Yeah. So when I saw him, I was like, oh wow, you know. I really yeah. liked uh, Tommy Lee Jones too. He was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very consistent, Tommy Lee Jones, you know? I feel yeah. like he's, uh, he's like a stalwart, you know? Like you kind of put him in a movie and you know what you're going to get, you know what I mean? Yeah. You worry about him too much. You, you, you know, um, something I, I want to talk about that, that was interesting <laughs> uh, with this movie is like there were so many stars in the movie either before during after like it's easy for us to talk about now and say like yeah woody harrelson yeah robert downey jr yeah tommy uh tommy lee jones but like uh at the time at the time i don't necessarily know like uh, i know robert downey jr was obviously famous but it's not nearly to the extent now same with woody harrelson you know what i mean like they're they're all established like actors and actresses now but at the time like to have that many strong um actors in the actors movie, in one movie. crazy yeah. like on paper if you to look you, now, in the 90s that was possible you know <laughs> but look at pulp fiction you know yeah it's a movie like uh even legends of the fall or um interview with the vampire it was very much more common because these guys were just it was they're a part of hollywood and you know it was like yeah we can get tom cruise and brad pitt in the movie you know what i mean it yeah. wasn't like Feel like today with Once Upon a like wow, Look at Pulp Fiction. No, that's what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like 
nowadays, like it was such a big deal when Leo and uh, Brad Pitt teamed up for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because you yeah. have to guys like X amount of millions of dollars to yep. get to, in the leading role. But back then, I think it was a little bit different, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you have those gangster more... movies too. You have like the like a Goodfellas yeah, type exactly. scenario where you have like lots of famous food. There, there's it's like you mentioned the the. Um, Interview with the Vampire is a great example, actually, of like yeah, Tom of, Cruise, Brad Pitt, Anthony. Yeah, there's, yeah. In the, there's someone in the movie that I bet you watch it a hundred times, you're not gonna see him. Well, he's in it, but to notice him, it's very hard to notice. Adrian Brody was in the movie. No way. <laughs> yeah. He really? What scene? Really? Yeah, he was one of the cameramen. But it was hard. You have to really pay attention. I was. I only. I only uh, found out after I read the book, and they told me. Huh. Uh, yeah, he's one of the cameramen. Oh, and another story. Um, uh, actually, um, Oliver Stone wanted to hire a lot of the people from Reservoir Dogs. He wanted to hire. Even, I think he. he his well, first Tom, choice. Tom Sizemore for, is in it. Yeah. His first choice for uh, Mickey was uh, Michael Madsen. Uh, okay. But basically, there was a bunch of people from Reservoir Dogs he wanted to hire, but their loyalty to Natural Born Killer, uh, to, to Quentin, Tarantino, Marcos, yeah. Quentin Tarantino, they refused, except for one guy, also one of the cameramen, I think. He was the guy who got tortured in uh, Reservoir Dogs. He's in the movie. The stuck in the middle with you guy? Yeah, the victim. <laughs> <laughs> the ear guy. The ear guy. Uh, I want this that's like the that's like the best scene in that movie. But th- that's we, we could we could yeah we could talk about that in another uh, for another, in another podcast. <laughs> well, well, speaking hey. of another podcast, I think we're gonna wrap things up for this uh, first episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just uh, based on the time, but uh, I think it was a good uh, first uh, episode. We got yeah. a, learn, a lot to learn from Tony. Yeah, it was just our first time, so yeah. the critics don't be too hard on us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, like in the future, we're going to definitely take other movies, film of favorite movies of ours, and talk about the uh, background story, the lore as you have it. Uh, for the movies and talk about maybe you know actors in particular or directors i think quentin tarantino probably deserves his own podcast alone, <laughs> you know? yeah um but yeah um, did you have any uh, final thoughts aaron on, on anything or uh yeah just uh thank you for for having me this was a lot of fun like uh i'm looking forward to doing it again and uh, uh thanks uh tony and tj for kind of uh, introducing me to some of the ideas uh, and some of the like background of the movie is is uh, it was good. I had a really good time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, the next episode is going to be your movie, by the way. So you're going to be able yeah. to pick a favorite movie of yours, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm I'm thinking something in the ballpark of maybe a Kurosawa film. So we'll see. We'll see how that okay, goes. Cool, cool. So yeah, let's, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely uh, have time to do that. Yeah, Tony, good. thanks for um, you know letting us know about the background. No problem. You know, you're like an expert on the <laughs> on the movie. Is that we can tell? I learned a lot uh, just listening. Yeah, no to problem. You about the, and the I guarantee you, the next film I won't know nearly as much, but I will watch it and I will read up about it, and I'll try to appreciate it before 
Aaron or whoever knows about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. And uh, thanks again, Aaron and Tony. We haven't set up uh, anything yet, but I'm going to try to make this podcast available on uh, multiple platforms and uh, take it from there. If you do have a movie that you want us to uh, talk about or uh, research or, you know, just give us suggestions, feel free to do so. And uh, that's it, guys. We're off. Peace. Yeah.